Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. It remains piping hot in Winnipeg, and I am breaking the rules. Again, I've got a Coors Light Seltzer, and it's lime? Lemon lime? What is it? I don't know. Producer Chris is feeding it to me because he says I'm a nicer guy when I drink. It's true. Good Time Gord called me. He said, were you drunk last week? And I said, no, I was not drunk. But enough. Enough. there were people pissed off at us. We have that to, never happens. We have to soften the edge. I was told, and by somebody I respect a lot, that we were better before when we focused only on the positives. When we used to do interviews and I'd have Vance Nevada on and I had to pretend that, not pretend, but I had to avoid talking about the things that caused heat. Just like I would do if Adam Knight sat across, I wouldn't sit there and say, you slot fans, fat boy. No, I wouldn't say that. But in our effort to be honest and constructive, we struck a chord. And we're going to talk about that later today. We're not going to start with it. This sounds like the real mic talking. It does sound like the real mic. (laughs) (laughs) Then we heard from a promoter who thinks we brutalized his company. We're going to talk about that later on, too. How are you doing today? Uh, I believe it's Jeez Wheeze, although I called you She's Me's last week. She's Me's, Jeez Wheeze, whatever floats your boat. The one you don't like is Mecca Shane. That one just that one reminds me of Omar. It's too raw. I'm trying not to. Trying not to. Oh yeah, you pinched Omar in the middle of a show once. Trying to forget about that whole yeah. situation. But hey, it's the month of June. Piping it's, hot outside. It's Pride Month. Did you know that? Absolutely. Yes, Happy of course I knew it was yeah. Pride Month. It's, I just found that out today. Yes. There you go. And it's piping hot, as I've said now three times. How are you, producer Chris? Fantastic. Saw you out at Assiniboine Park getting some sun. That's You saw me at Assiniboine Park getting some sun. I walk eight kilometers a day and I go through Assiniboine Park. I did not see you, though. I saw the picture online. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I bring my bring my zero-gravity chair out there and grab some rays. I'm going to be doing that again this weekend. Yeah, you should go to a beach for that. I should go to a beach for that. But I don't like going to a beach by myself. I can go to the park by myself or, you know, with my one buddy. If I go to a beach, I want a crew. I like to get a crew. No, I have the best. Guard LeClaire, the guy who used to anchor CTV <laughs> news, he used to go to the he used to go to the park alone or the beach alone. Sit, Sit right, right by, by the, the garbage, garbage. <laughs> right by the garbage can. Everybody's got to go by there. Eventually. Yeah, when they throw stuff in the garbage, he'd act like he was bombed in Saigon. Okay, well, then maybe I've got a new gimmick. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, speaking of the beach, the reason why you should go to the beach, if you ever want to be Seymour Snatch, no, sorry, Seymour Snavis. <laughs> I always wanted the, the invite for Grand Beach. You guys were obsessed with Grand Beach. You now we're it, obsessed with Sean Brown's pool. You called it Grand Beach Addiction. It was. I got into shape just because of Grand Beach Addiction. Would you have, and by the time yeah, I got but, into shape... It was over for you Do guys. you realize the commitment to go meant you had to be at someone's house at 9.30 sharp? At 9.35. Sharp. At 9.35, he would pull out of his driveway, and I'm talking about Jeez Weiss here. He'd close his garage door, and it was like, minute. there was maybe one minute before he was going to hit the accelerator See, and I take like off. See, I like that. I like that. That's the way I am, too. Like if to it's be not, disciplined. If it's 9.30, if you're not there by 9.35, I assume and you're the, not coming. And one time, or at least one time, he said, text Sean Brown and tell him he's driving himself. And we drove out there. <laughs> and I believe Sean Brown sped and caught up to us. <laughs> was he hot? Brown doesn't get hot about much. No? No, but, and then there was the time, this is not wrestling related, but we were in the water, remember? Mm-hmm. And then Brown, this was like 2010, 
or not he got he got on the gas and got all jacked up and we were sitting there watching the boardwalk and there he comes strolling in who did brown sean brown like he was number four in the royal rumble <laughs> looking for a push trying to get his character over that's what grand beach was all about now we go to sean brown's pool we tell the same stories every week that's Bar- how we polish him up for when we bring him onto the podcast barbecue quail yeah barbecue that <laughs> was at grand in, beach in in her dress pants. yeah there was people who used to come in dress pants they, and go in the water they try to roll them up what kind of operation are you guys running here grand for, beach go uh, on a sunday it sounded good when he, when you're talking about his stringency on leaving and it, it just fell we apart were definitely wearing pants we the had the best tans for yeah. sure on the beach yeah 100 oh yeah remember that girl who said we were the grand beach darkies <laughs> Remember? I do remember that. Yeah, we that was a put over. Like seems inappropriate. To one say, time in two thousand. Why? I don't know. I don't think you can call people darkies. I think that's a canceled term. No, it shouldn't be canceled if it's a guy that overtans on a beach. <laughs> well, uh, do you overtan on the beach still? At the time, I did. What about now? No, no, not no. anymore. You're looking do a I... little bit uh, like you got to kind of up your game here a little. I bought some oil. Oh please! So I bought some oil. So uh, I'll bring it to the pool this All right. weekend. L- I can only go Saturday and only for a period of time. Anyway, <laughs> let me say something. Oh, yes. Let's, let's get back to wrestling. Oh, you want to go back to wrestling? Oh, wait. What do you want to say? No. Now you. Now I. We're talking about be, tanning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me just say that. Uh, no, I'm going to transition. Out. <laughs> we used to get put over a lot, though. There, we would go to the bar on Saturday nights and there would be people say, hey, you guys are at Grand Beach every day. Yeah, it's a put over. We used to get put over a lot here in this podcast too, but apparently we're just No, we still get put over. We're hard on two people. We still get put over. We're too hard on them. If you if you're critical of certain companies, we're going to talk about this in the second segment. If you're critical of certain people or companies and it's the majority opinion, you get a lot more positive feedback than negative. The consensus, but yeah. you get direct negative feedback and we're going to talk about that. But what I wanted to talk about first was the season premiere of Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. And I'm going to say this Every year they have one or two real big home runs. You know, Jimmy Snuka was a good one. And Owen Hart was a good one. Brian Pillman was a good one. And then they've had some bad ones. Like New Jack wasn't that good. New Jack wasn't good. I didn't think... um, That one, the indie guy. Yeah, Nick Gage. Nick Gage. That one did um, nothing for me. Collision in Korea did very little for me. Uh, Dino Bravo, I thought was kind of Dino Bravo was good. I I thought it was okay. The problem on the Dino Bravo story is you can't... I, I got to stop starting every sentence with the problem is, but with Dino Bravo, you, there was so much of that story that they didn't know. Yeah. It's an unsolved murder, but this one might be the biggest home. One of the biggest home runs that I've ever seen because they didn't bury the two people, Chris Candido and Ta- well, she says Tamara Sitch. I've always thought it was Tamara and she used to correct me consistently when I call her that it's Tamara. Just like when she was the event center host in 94, she'd say Tamara Murphy. So the episode starts with establishing who Chris Candido was because he broke into the wrestling business first. And they talked to his brother, Johnny. And the first 15 minutes, I already had goosebumps. They, they had Jim Cornette, Dr. Tom Pritchard. His brother was very good in that. Yeah. Johnny? Oh, yeah. yeah. Johnny was good. His, his uh, mother was in it. Yeah. His mom was great. Yep. Uh, his mom sp- sounded like almost every reasonable mom I know around uh, around the guys I know in the wrestling business. The mom is always like, oh, I'll support this, but I, this is kind of hokey. Well, yeah. well, no, she said he did, he got he got to fulfill his dream without my support, is what she said. Yeah, yeah he did it behind her back, according to the Johnny episode. Candido had a million-dollar quote when he said, if you had told my brother you're going to win a WWF belt, you're going to travel the world, you're going to make money, but you're going to die at 33 years old, he would have said, let's do it. Yeah. 
And that was a very powerful quote. Um, you leave with the impression that Chris Candido was the most universally respected wrestler on the planet. Lance Storm said so. Mick Foley said so. Um, Jim, Cornette. Jim Cornette, who always Tom articulates Tom Pritchard, friend of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need to get to, I need to get a Tom Pritchard to come on the show. Stay but tuned. Uh, the thing with Tom Pritchard is he tells a good story, and I've seen other shoot interviews when he talks about he was very honest about Sonny. Yeah, because he was managed by Sonny when he got when he was in the body Donna. He was the most clear. That he did, he did not care for her. Like there was, you could tell there was a little undercurrent from a few people, but he was very much clear that he did not care for Tamara. Absolutely. Do you know who else I thought they should have maybe interviewed? I think they should have interviewed the Godwins. Yeah. Or one of the Godwins because they were the ones responsible for the slop. slop that, the bucket. The yeah. piss yeah. bucket. Yeah. Shanghai, yeah. Shanghai Pierce. And I would have liked to see them... Talk to one or two other ECW guys because I've heard some real bad stories there. Well, but, could have talked to any of the guns too because she she managed the guns for a short period. I wonder if AEW doesn't allow their talent to be interviewed. That could be probably yeah. no. Yeah. Chris Jericho is the narrator of that. Yeah, that's, Chris, a, that's his own rules. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah Chris, Chris Jericho. Yeah, of course. Chris I have Jericho not seen a lot of AEW interviews on Dark Side. And Jim Ross certainly won't do it again because he's still got heat with Ric Flair over what he said. Um, what did you learn about Chris Candido? Well, you know what, I it's nothing really that I didn't already know. Two I mean, broken necks because of those top rope bumps he loved to take. Yeah, like I, I thought the I thought the cool part is his early years. Like it's a lot of his early years were a lot of I thought very similar to mine. You know, like making belts out of dinner platters yeah. and like making your own rings and drawing pictures and all this stuff. It just shows like he had such a love for this, and then he went on to become you know in WWE, a good hand, but really kind of reinvented himself when he went to ECW and got really, like, jacked up. And I thought Cornette basically put it great at the end. He, you know, he had, um, you know, he, he you know, got out of, out of shape. He was in Puerto Rico. He went to TNA, was getting his uh, career back on track. And then he had that injury in the lockdown match. Broke yeah. ankle. Yeah. And then he had the surgery, and then he basically said, "You know what? He could have stayed home, and TNA would have paid him. Yeah, but because he loved the business so much, he felt like he had to make the next town. He did, and he died. Yeah, he got on a plane, ended up with a blood clot, dies, died yeah. from Jim, a broken ankle. Yeah, that's what Jim Cornette said, in, and he was in tears when he said it. Yeah, yeah that was so emotional because I was a big Chris Candido guy. I can remember, yeah. at, you know, wishing that somebody would bring him to Winnipeg, and they, I think he almost did once. Bobby J almost Bobby had J, it done. Yeah, and then they didn't didn't make it through. I was so excited for that, and I was very emotional watching the episode, especially the part where they're talking about TNA because I remember that period of time. It, it when I heard he was in TNA, I actually started watching TNA because of it. And I was like, oh man, he's back. Like I watched him in the ring. I was like, Chris Candido's back. Like this is Chris Candido. I was so excited. And I could see like, he's going to go all the way. Like I had no doubt that he was going to be back in WWE at some point. I was a huge mark of Pro Wrestling Illustrated in the early 90s. That's how I kept up with all the territories that were still around. And that made me a big Smoky Mountain fan. So I was a Candido fan. When he was a suicide one? 93, 94. I missed all of that. Before he even got to WWF. Yeah. 
He was in WWF in 95. Yeah. He dies in 05 as 33. He was 23 years old in, in WWF. And with the world, like, he... So he kind of bombed in the Attitude Era because he went... Well, he went to ECW. But after that, he goes to WCW in 2000. Yeah. And it goes real bad. Yeah. And then he... And in TNA, he was kind of just a support guy. He wasn't... He was fighting to get a, a, a good spot. But if you think about it, they all said, because he'd be like 49 today, I think, yeah. 48, 49. Wow. If he could still wrestle. He would have been one of the biggest guys around. Yeah. He, he Well, he died at 33 in 05, so that's 18 years ago. So add 18 to, he would have been uh, 51. Yeah. He'd be re- probably retiring. I don't know. Jericho's older. That's true, yeah. Yeah, Chris Jericho. It's old. hard to say. If you love the business enough, you might yeah. figure out a way to pace yourself. Um, so I, think I, the- I learned, a, I didn't learn a lot about Candido, but it was so great to see them even though he had the Soma addiction and they didn't hide from it, but they did such a good job of making it clear that nobody hated Chris Candido, except maybe the click. Yeah. And the, you know, the big takeaway that I got from that is that in this business, and if you've been in it, you understand what I'm about to say. A lot of people come into it because they love it. You know, they're marks for the business. They, you know, they just, it's all that they've ever known, all that they've ever wanted to do. And you could be the nicest person and have the best intentions and have no bad habits. But if you let it, this business will chew you up and spit you out. And that's what they said about her. Yeah. They said she was a good, wholesome young lady who just happened to be a wrestling fan. And she's told, I've heard We're this talking story. about your ex now. <laughs> I did hear this story from her when she did advocate to be a booker for WFX <laughs> in 2010, I believe. Um, so she, I have a history with this woman, but um, Tamara Sitch was a super wrestling fan in high school and she met Chris from being a wrestling fan. You talk about a match made in heaven. She didn't want to be in the wrestling business. She just liked watching wrestling. She was trying to be a doctor. Yeah, And the best part of the story as it pertains to her was how Cornette recognized she was a natural by coming up with a character that she could portray. And she nailed it from the first time she would be a heel in Southern United States just because of her heavy New Jersey accent. She would, she will tell you if you talk to her, she has no accent. She'll make fun of the Canadian accent nonstop. She used to say to me, I sound like Bret Hart. I do not sound like Bret Hart. (laughs) Like, but nonetheless, um, well, you know, yeah, like, it, <laughs> like there is a, there is a Canadian accent, Christian and, and, and edge will make fun of Bret Hart a lot and they do it well. But anyway, so learning how she got in and Jim Cornette has expressed this on his podcast many times. He feels a level of guilt because she never wanted, she was going to be a medical professional and him getting them to go down to Smoky Mountain as a package deal absolutely changed the course of her life. Then Vince took a liking to her because she looked like she was a very attractive girl in 1994 when Vince hired her. Yeah. In 95, they enhanced her, her beauty with some surgery. She had charisma. She had absolute excitement about performing in front of the WWF audience in 1995. You can't miss it. She is loving every minute of being out in front of the crowd. And from 1995 till 1997, She's the number one diva in the industry. And then Sable derails that. 
Yeah, and I like how they talked about that. They actually talked about Sable coming in and, and getting more of a shine from the from the office, which is that was a, from the two Vinces. It's always made me. I've always wondered why because they're not on the same level at all. Like Sable's very hot, but she can't do anything else but be hot. Well, Sable's taller. Sable had already had her enhancements before she got there. I always was wrestling. Yeah. She can't talk though. I, I'd always no heard the story that the minute that Vince had Mark Merrow in his office and saw Sable, he fell yeah, in love I'd with her. I heard that story too. And yeah. Vince Russo preferred dealing with Sable over Sonny. So, I could see, I could see that Sable probably be a little, and, black, and this, know. and the fame was going to Sonny's head. Yeah. Which is odd. I'll tell you fast forward uh, many years. When I dealt with her in 2008, I only met her once. I, I was going to say, you, you you worked with her one time, yep. and she was trying to marry you on uh, Facebook. So, well, I, Didn't we have a, a mailbag question about this? We, we did have a mailbag question about Let's this. Let's just go there now. It was a, we're, it, we're, we've got lots in the mailbag, so it was essentially this. You worked with her one time. Why was she professing her love and saying she wanted to bang you on the internet? <laughs> I, I, I had no idea in 2008 she wanted me. And in fact, let me be very honest, she was intimate with somebody else on the roster that night. The WFX roster. Yes. So I had no idea. None. And in 2010, I reached out to her to see if she wanted to come in for WFX because we had a great relationship. Like, we, it was professional. She, she said to Sean Brown when he's driving around, are you like Mike's brother? You guys look alike. <laughs> Sean Brown hates that one. <laughs> and um, she was... She was really, like, she had to go do the media, and Mike Arnott uh, had po- put in there that she was struggling with her drug problems, and she read that, and then she got asked about it by 92 City, oh. and she was pissed. <laughs> like, she was like, talk about sandbagging me. You basically gave them something to, and I, she had no idea she was going to, that it was in the promo, or like in the oh media package. Oh my gosh, why would he do that? So the first thing that Tom McGoran asked her is, you know, you're back on a recovery trail after drugs, do you want to talk about that? And she was like... I'm clean. Like she, she had no idea it was coming. She called and she cussed me out. I had no idea it was in there either. I should have. So I said to Mike, why was that in there? He said, cause it's common knowledge on the internet. Right. Fair enough. So this was 2008. She drew a good house in a snowstorm and she looked great. She was a special guest referee. I think it was Eugene against Wavell star or something like that. I can't remember. Chris masters against Wavell star. Yeah. Maybe. She was getting back into shape at that point. Was she not? She was a year before the hall of fame. Yeah. So she looked great. Yeah. She looked real good. So in 10, we tried to get her and after, so I, I'd stayed in touch, in in touch with her a lot in 2010, just email, what are you guys doing? Showed her the website. Oh, you guys got a good roster. She said, ask Billy, he'll tell you I'm ready to book. She wanted to come up and actually book. And it was right after Liam was out and I was doing the booking. And she was like, with all due respect, Mike, you would be a Mark Booker because you've never done anything. She said, I could do a better job. I, I learned from Cornette. She was very, very emphatic about it. Um, the question was, how did we end up? I didn't know in 2010 she wanted to. I remember the night, <laughs> 2012, it's like 11 o'clock at night and she's on MSN messenger and I got a message and it said it was from Tamara Sunny Sitch. And she said, I always wanted to tell you that I, that I found you very attractive and wanted to have sex with you. I think I'm being ripped. <laughs> I think somebody has catfished her. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, 
this is completely out of left field. <laughs> what are you talking about? She said, you're a very, she said, you weren't like a lot of the promoters I'd worked with. You carried yourself differently. And I was like, what? <laughs> now, if, if you never read on Facebook, her posting about wanting me, and if you weren't at that pool and dealing with the phone calls, people would think I was full of she, she's, <laughs> but this is legitimate. So then I was like, well, let me tell you, like, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm flattered. I'm at a loss, but obviously, yes, I, I would say I, I was attracted to you too. Why didn't you tell me? And she said, cause I, at the time I was dating Elisa and she was there and Elisa was tough and she had, had a fit, uh, competitive fitness look to her. And she said, the brunette that you were with looked like she could be a nasty bitch. And I didn't want to deal with that. <laughs> And thankfully she didn't because I do, it would have not, nothing good would have come out of it. I would not have landed. I would have ended up with heat with both women. So that was like 2012. And then I think she, you know what I thought? She was clean at the time too. Yeah. I thought she's back on the liquor and she's drunk. She's drunk texting. Right. So I leave it. And then. It came up again and again, like two or three times. And I, okay, I'm not over being, the last several years. Yeah, this yeah. was like 13. And I, I was like, okay, I'm not being ribbed. And then in 14, we start talking late at night. Like we'd call each other and we'd have like these two hour phone calls. 15, 2015. We have, the, I think it was 16 that this was happening on Facebook. So in that time, we start calling each other at like 11 o'clock at night and talking till we go to bed. I was single. She was single apparently. And she was like, I just, I've always been drawn to you and all this stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking? I, I don't believe it. Then she posts publicly that she's going to move to Winnipeg and marry Mike Davidson. Yeah. And I like people thought it was a rib, but, it, but, and there was always an angle to it. The angle was that she had so many DUIs that she could not, um, she had to get out of the States because she was going to have to start serving time on those DUIs. The problem was how are you going to get her into Canada? Right. And so she was like, at one point she called me and she's like, so yeah, like I can afford like $8,000 for a mortgage. And I'm like, if I'm dumb enough to move her to Winnipeg and start this relationship, we're going to break up in a month and she's going to move out. I'm going to have an $8,000 mortgage. I cannot afford an $8,000 $8, a month. Yeah. 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 Which is a big mortgage. Yeah. yeah. So we would have been living in a beautiful house because she didn't understand the cost of living in Winnipeg. She would have had we would have been living in Wellington Crescent. Yeah. Do you remember what you were, tr what you were telling me to tell her? So uh, I'll get to that. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are we at for time? <laughs> 21 minutes. So we're, we're going, going heavy, minutes. folks. We're going heavy. So yeah. the problem was I was I wish I had a beer to crack open right now. I was oh, single man. in Winnipeg trying to date women. And she is on Facebook telling the world she's engaged to Mike Davidson. How do you, I'm single. <laughs> so she was sandbagging you. You have no, she has no ring. Yeah. We have not, we have not even, we haven't, we've met each other in one city, one time for two days. We did not touch each other. We didn't even, we didn't even flirt with each other. So how, how I'm trying to explain to, I was like really hung up on a girl at this time. And I said, I am, there's nothing to this. And she was like, there has to be something because nobody comes on this strong. And it was like. She was like, yeah, okay, I want to, I want to move up there. I want to be up there by the first of the month. And this would be like the, the 14th. And I'm like, what oh. could have been? No, <laughs> what could have been? So then <laughs> no. I told her like, you got to go see an immigration lawyer to find out if you can get clearance to travel into Canada. Cause you're going to get held up at the border. She's like, oh, there's ways around that. And I said, yeah, we used to tell Marty Janetti. Jake Roberts <laughs> went in the trunk of a car and drove across the border. What a story that would be. Yeah. So 
It was um, there was there was video chats. There was late night phone calls. She was adding all my friends on Facebook and their wives. I remember my wife saying, "Who's Tammy Stitch?" <laughs> I said, "Don't even go yeah. there." She added Sean Brown and Crystal Brown. She yep. said, and you know what her reason was? Because when I moved there and we're going to all be friends, I need to be, I need to be familiar with with the wives too because I plan to be part of the wives group. And I was like, these women are not going to like her. <laughs> She is over the top. And then she was like, and I'll do, I'll take bookings and, and, and I'll, you know, I'll travel in Canada and I won't, I don't want to go back to the States because she knew it was, yeah. there was legal reasons. So was she using me? Well, no, she was actually, she was telling you and Sean Brown that she, I eventually to cool it down, I had to tell her I was having <laughs> erectile deficiency. <laughs> That's how you cooled it down. That's how I cooled it you down. You could be like, I'm seeing somebody. No, my dick doesn't no, work. Because she was sending me text messages asking, what's wrong with Mike? And I go, what are you talking about? He's got erectile difference. He can't get up. And then and then she's like, he told me that it's broken. And I go. I never said it was broken. And I go, what do, you, what do you mean? And she's like, she explained the problem. And I'm being diplomatic here. Very well. And then she's, I, I said, I didn't know what you told her. Here's so what, I'll tell you so exactly that, what was. So I was just like vaguely. Yeah. answering this and anyways it was just i'll tell like, you how it ended i said that i had erectile deficiency she tried to initiate immediate phone sex and i said it's not working nothing is happening and she was like well it'll all change when i get there and i do this this and this to you i said it's not it, something has i'm aged out i cannot <laughs> aged out you it, were like 30 at this i point. was like 39 yeah somewhere in 38 39 i said something's not right she's like do you not find me attractive i said of course i do but like there's something going on with me. It's me. It's not you. <laughs> and that was how I, I managed to dodge the bullet. I think you need to revisit this. I don't, I, I can't, I don't want to No. I think, I think no. so. you could help turn it around. Can you, you imagine people who tuned into this week's episode and this is what they're getting? Yeah. <laughs> well, the show's gone to shit in some ways, I guess. Um, you could get her a job with the bombers. You know, no, I could not. Oh, there, no, imagine all, no, imagine the possibility. The bombers, game, game host. The bombers would, go, the bombers would Google yes. search that and trust me, no, they would not. In-game host, can you imagine? Wade, no. Wade, Wade wouldn't like this? No. No. She'd be healing on the other team. No like wrestling heel. That would that would not happen. I couldn't. I don't even know if I could get her a job with a local wrestling company. You might not be able to get her into the Bomber Stadium. I probably couldn't. Well, you can at this point. She's in jail. But, but assuming it was, it's a tragic story. Yeah. And are we I talking Chris and Tammy, or are you and Tammy? No, Tammy. <laughs> See, t for both, me, both. for me, it's a great story. I love it. I. It's one of my favorites. She was. I. I asked her to be the first guest on B she's one. Yeah. But she wouldn't tell me no. Like she wouldn't tell me no. She wouldn't tell me yes. I remember that period. Yeah. And that's the thing with her. She's never liked to say, no, Mike, I can't. Like if I asked her for anything, the answer was always, okay, I would love to help you. So I knew something was up. And then it came out that right around, we did our first episode in April of 2022 and she had already rear ended the guy and she knew yeah. she was in trouble. So I see it. I have a unique perspective. Like I know everyone always says, oh, she slept with Brett or she slept with this guy. They have no idea. And people will wonder, well, what makes me believe I know who she did and didn't sleep with? Because the names she gave me are names that are out in left field that have never been speculated on. Yeah. And I mean, also who cares who she slept with? Like, uh, you know, a lot of, not a lot of that, but part of that episode was sort of 
digging at that. She got around. She and, did. And you know what? It's who cares? It's the wrestling business. You're on the road. A million, I mean, th- because she was with somebody. Because you, Chris was universally yeah, respected. Yeah, you care about that. But yeah. I mean, in general, who cares if she got around? Like, even after the fact, people, there's always these stories about she did this with this person, did this. So what? Yeah. If who I, cares? If I told you the names, you'd be amazed. Well, you yeah. did off the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's names I have not told you. Van Hammer? But. I don't think so. I don't think she ever worked no, with that, that was just a random That's one. a name out of left field. <laughs> yeah. Van Hammer. Yeah. Every metal Van Hammer. Um, but yeah, so. Go I, out of your way to see the episode, though. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a really good episode. You know what? The one thing I liked about what. Sometimes on Dark Side, they really zero in on why somebody is, is a. They get dark on someone. With her and Ultimate Warrior is another one where they didn't go dark on them. They told it factually. But they didn't kill her self-esteem. No, I'm glad that. And that. they didn't rip her apart. The court system's going to do that. But the final little thing it said was that they reached out to her for an interview and on the advice of legal counsel, she didn't. And that's surprising because, like, could they have lined up? Because my understanding is she's still incarcerated. Yeah. yeah. Waiting for trial. That her, her bail was revoked. You'll see her on social media. But I I understand it's her ex boyfriend or boyfriend who's operating that trying yeah. to get, trying to push OnlyFans. Yeah, that's to make money. What's happening apparently? But, um, yeah, she's uh, in my opinion, she, I will always consider my experience with her to be special. When I talk about, and I'll na- name it fast: Bob Holly, Charlie Haas, Bushwhacker Luke, Billy Gunn, Rikishi, Sonny just to name the ones I can think of really fast, Hurricane Helms, Eugene, Eugene, Gangrel. She's right up there as in terms of, I've had the honor to get to know these people and they lent me their credibility to establish myself. She was the same way. So, well, before we move on then, how do you think she would have done as a booker? And she was clean in 2010. I, I'm sure you've thought about it though. How do you, would, would, well, she, have been, would she have about, been a good booker? So it was like, June or July of 2010, or might even been August after we were in hiatus. I think she would have been fantastic. And she would have in the right, because in that she was in the right headspace. But I think the problem was she might not, there was people on that roster she might not have mixed well with and she would have wanted to gas them and they would have worked against her. The thing, the magic that worked in the WFX locker room is every, the, the central point of power was me and then with me and Liam Phillips Nobody worked against anybody because of the way it all went to one person. Nobody's had their own agenda yet. Johnny Fairplay may have had an agenda, but he, he was harmless and he was a good team player. I don't know if it would have worked, but I think creatively she was good. She would have made a hell of a character in 2010 yeah. and it would have been good for business, but I don't know if booking would have been the right move. All right. Well, we are at 30 minutes to answer your next question. What time are we at? So I think it's time we head to the break. We'll come back with more. This episode of Be She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees She's. That code is B-E-E-Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. 
visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. This is Mr. Beefy Goodness, Vance Nevada, the author of Uncontrolled Chaos, Canada's remarkable professional wrestling legacy, on sale now, and you're listening to Bees, She's Wrestling. A saying that's become very popular, and it actually might be a medical term, is called triggered or triggering. Apparently, I trigger some people, and some people think that... Apparently, I trigger some people. You yeah. definitely trigger some people, um, and it's not any one person. I know a couple people like who think you're the heel of the show. I guess I don't trigger any... I must be the perennial babyface. And here. people think that we became heels more when we added you to the show. I used to be a babyface. I am still trying to be a babyface. You're, you're a tweener now. I'm a baby face. I think oh, we, oh, you're a baby face. I think, yeah. listen, we talk honestly I about what what's I am. Vanilla. <laughs> How dare you? Anyway, keep going. We talk honestly about what's <laughs> happening. I don't think we're, if we're critical, we, we're doing it in a constructive way, which is, I think, where we're going with this. Every single time I've ever been critical, I've said something positive. It took me a while to say something positive about Vance Nevada. Adam Knight. Let me say what something positive about him. Did you buy your shirt? No, but... The one where he looks like... Uh, Crocodile Dundee? Yes. I encourage people to buy a shirt. We have done what he doesn't do for himself. By talking about him, people are curious about him. And And they're interested in how bad can he really be? That is helping him more than he's helping himself. Because his YouTube presence is god awful. It is the worst I've ever seen for a 27 year wrestling veteran, 28 almost. He cannot cut a promo. He sh- when they say, we want you to cut a YouTube promo, he should be shaking his head in the corner. No, please don't. Is he the one who's triggered? People think I'm triggered. Oh, you're triggered. Okay, sorry. I, I, I lost the plot there. Yeah, no. He's triggered by fans who tell him he sucked, and then yeah. he slaps. Um, so <laughs> He, he slaps. Oh, no, dude, he slaps. He slaps. He, he? he slaps. He's abusive. And I am not triggered by him because I actually appreciate that he gives me content. He should sell foam palms. Yes. <laughs> I love that idea, yes. right? Yeah. And I'm a little sad he got to the t-shirt game before us, though. Well, well I, I'll tease. It's not hard to... Off to the air, I will talk about shirts. I don't want to do it on the air. All right. So that's what I'll say. I'm triggered by something this week. That's why I bring it up. Not that long ago, we had some dick smack run a wrestling show <laughs> without a professional wrestling ring. <laughs> he said it was a night of death matches, and it was the night of the death of his promotion. He will never run another wrestling show. We called him 3D Garbage Wrestling. And there's somebody who thinks that that's perfectly okay. They're called Time Bomb Wrestling. Out and they're North Dakota. Fargo, North Dakota. And they're coming to Winnipeg. And they're going to do a no-ring deathmatch show. Oh, you... With American talent, because I don't think any locals are going to touch this show. I, I don't, think they have nothing to bring up here. They have no nope. sound equipment. Just show up. Just and show up in your how are they going to get their How are they going to get the light tubes over? It's just going to be 15 guys and Jettas showing up. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. It'll be like the 3D guy putting out on Facebook. Hey, does anybody have any old light bulbs? Let oh. me know. I'll come That's exactly. They'll, they'll be hitting Marketplace. They'll, they'll be, be going through early. the dumpsters at Home Depot. Yes. They are going to... 
undoubtedly go and get a stop sign oh, we're from some street in Winnipeg. We're going negative here. We've got to be careful. No, no. I'm being positive. We're talking about them. <laughs> if I'm talking about them, it makes people, I'll tell you right now, and they will confirm this on Facebook. When I talk about people, Scott Carnegie takes note, and he left us a great video last week. Yeah, thanks, Elaborating mm-hmm. on what Appreciate we had that. said. Yep. And Richard Brown will take note. Dave Cote will take note. Yeah. There are people who are engaged in what we talk about and, it, Tyler James. and they will take note of what we're saying. I'm not saying don't go to time bomb wrestling. Is it time bomb pro or time? time well, it can't it better be pro. not be the word pro. Can't be pro wrestling, yeah. but time, it is. Bo- time, it is. time bomb. Time bomb but you know, we should reach out to them and try to get them on. Yes. After we job them out, that nothing <laughs> says inv- inviting more than us jobbing them well, out. Because Hey, but maybe we're missing something. I encourage Just like we gave 3d Shane. Yes, yeah, and we encourage people to buy tickets. Unfortunately, less than 100 did, but and they weren't all listeners. <laughs> so, hey, we maybe didn't help his bottom line, but we encourage you to go check this show out. Tell us what's good or bad about it. What made it okay? What made it great? Yeah, sell us on it. I would love to be sold on this. It will never happen. No, me, me neither, but I mean, I'd love so Time to Bomb be. Wrestling, Pro Wrestling, Time Bomb Shit Wrestling is coming to town. <laughs> July 7th. Whoa. Oh, it's just around the corner. Where is it again? I, I don't know. I'll have it, to look it up. Yeah, please look it up. You can go on Time Bomb Pro Wrestling on their Facebook Can you page. stop saying pro wrestling in this sentence? What, they're not professionals? No. Have you seen the talent on the poster? No. This, you know what? Squiggy it, McGee or whatever? It rips me. Scriggle McFly. It rips or? me apart because I have friends who work for this company in Fargo. July 7th yes. uh, is the return where? date. But where is it though? Uh, the Handsome Daughter here in Winnipeg. Okay. Oh yeah, that's just on the 60, on Main 60, Street. 61 right? Sherbrooke Street. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe I'm thinking something. Straight by the Sherb. Yeah, right by the Sherb. The She's. I won't be checking that show out. Maybe in Regina. What is Ju- Oh, right, because the July 8th is... July 8th is... Uh, so the 7th is a bomber night. They got music, too. So they're mm. do, do, doing the same uh, same idea. They're doing music in, in between the matches, it seems. Uh, they get live music by Trial Time and Huben Target. So if July 8th's the Saturday, then I'm definitely at the bomber. 25 buck Sunday. tickets for no ring. Well, they got to pay the gas for the wrestlers coming up, right? The geese. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's for the band. There won't be anybody on gas on that show. So I don't think they're going to draw. I really don't. I'm sorry, but I think they're going to get 80, 80 people. That's not negative. That's reality, people. Well, I'm looking at the Winnipeg event right now. You're getting excited. And, and there's three people going and four people interested. Do you, can you see their names? No. Oh, <laughs> I was going to get you to announce their names. <laughs> Just start jobbing If you people. are going and you want your name dropped in the middle of the podcast, shoot us a note and we'll 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 mention you next week. That we're encouraging you to go. You'll get a you'll get a shout out on the air. Where can people shoot that note to? Be she's wrestling on Instagram, total be she's on Twitter, be she's wrestling on Facebook and uh, email Totalbeeshees at gmail.com. Sorry, producer Chris, I blanked. Now. That's okay. You pointed at me. I picked it let's up. Let's move to, to put it on the wall. Yeah, we We should. just need to put it on the let's wall. Let's move to the next thing. What's the next topic we're going to bury? Apparently, <laughs> we buried we're Primo's wrestling last week. And I know what oh he's. Oh, my gosh. I know what he's upset about. We suggested Trent Seven did not appreciate his time here. And I went as far as to say he lost the belt back because he was the Primo's 204 champion for a couple nights and he lost it. In a four-way. I said, that's how they do it when a name's got to drop a belt, because usually the name Mm -hmm. has a provision that they're not going to do a a job. Yeah. And Graham Keem, who I actually like and respect, got on me and he said, I'm not going to go into specifics of what he said. He just said we were a little hard on him. He's trying his best. 
So I'm going to share a text I sent him, which was advice. And it's good advice. Now, his response might have been, if you think you could book in your sleep, use your money and start up. I don't have the time. It's not money. Well, I know there are people, I have the credible money. people, um, people who've been around the business for a long time, pushing to book the shows for primos, not because they want to book the shows for primos, because what's what's work, what they're doing now isn't the best, yeah. and it can be better, and they want to help. Yeah. But they tell me there is no way he will give up the book. No. So I asked Which him, is a mistake. Which yeah. is plays into this text I left him with. 1203 this morning. Let's hear it. Have you ever thought about leaning on an outside voice to come and assist booking or taking over the book to give you a fresh perspective while you focus on your strength of promoting the show and building the business end? And I was extremely complimentary last week on his ability to run a business. No response. Now, I've said I like the guy. He's drawing decent business. He's going out. He's, uh, one of his towns is doing decent business. Yeah, they're do, they're, he's on the road. He did like good in Killarney. Yeah. He did good in, uh, was it Asher? I don't remember. He's running a lot of towns. Some of them are doing okay. Roblin. Yeah. Brandon, this weekend, we'll talk about in the event center. Yeah. My thought is this. If you get the advice of, hey, have you thought about not booking? If you're a good booker or you've got any confidence at all, you say, yeah, I'm always thinking about who could book because you're not threatened by that suggestion. You would say, yeah, exactly. if in the right situation, I would gladly give up the book. In 2010, Jeff Dick, the owner of the company, thought I was the only one qualified to book. But when I said, well, you know, I'm going to be pivoting out of this because I got too much on my plate and I'm not focused right, I didn't take it as, oh, I'm going to hold on to this book with everything I've got because I'm the only guy that can do it. I was like, we got to get the right guy that's going to carry this momentum. And I had the right guy in Liam Phillips. In the case of Graham, he's doing so well at getting the people there. Now, he might say that's a reflection of his booking. But it isn't. It's his business acumen. It's that he's been able to create enough energy on his product that they want to come, they want to be entertained, and so far they are. But you can't build the business if you're not putting out a product that's good. Every TV show can get people to watch an episode two, three, four, five. I'll give you an example. There was a show called Designated Survivor. It was on network TV. Kiefer Sutherland, very good first season, but they didn't have the creative energy. And then by season three, it was a Netflix series and canceled. Not because Kiefer Sutherland isn't a great actor, but the writing wasn't strong enough for the show. You need, and it's wrestling, AEW. They had momentum because they were the only company that could compete with WWE. Then they started to lose momentum because Tony Khan doesn't book as good as WWE creates their stars. And that's why their TV numbers pale by comparison. It's not the strength of the network. It's not, it's that, Booking is everything if you're a wrestling company. Promoting is just as equally a part of the deal. And it's hard to do both jobs. Yeah. So focus on being a great promoter. It's actually a more valuable job because if you don't get the if you don't get the people in the seats, you're never going to get them back. But what he's saying in his message to you is basically saying, Hey, someone wants to do it, they can do it with your own money. Yes. So he knows that no one's going to put up their own money, so by default, yes. he's going to continue doing it. When he, What he should do 
is recognize he has some talented people yep. in his locker room who want this job, not because they need the extra work, not because they're going to get paid a little more, because they see there's something good happening here and they want it to do well. I was talking to somebody who's wrestled on all of his shows this week. And from what he tells me, he, he pays very well. Yeah, better, I can see that. Better than most. But the booking is a problem. And if it's, if you're, if the excuse is, well, you know, some guys don't show up or this and that's that. Not a, that's not an excuse. Terrible excuse. There's ways around that. Structure. Rely on the guys who brought you to the dance, who show up, build around those guys. And then the guys who maybe aren't that reliable, you throw them in an opening card match and get them to do something like that. Do you find them? Do you find their PO for showing up late? Yes. Yeah, that's what you I would do. You say, listen, we're in agreement that I was going to pay you this to perform. Yeah. Part of that agreement was that you were going to show up professionally on time. You're, in my opinion, you're not, you're not on time. Do you want to leave now? That's your choice. Or you can continue and perform tonight, but our agreement has now been shaved. Yeah, yeah. $20 less yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. Whatever. Now, yeah. here's what I'm going to say. You when, didn't even read your whole message no, either. or the back and forth. Well, you don't need to read his message, but I think you should read the messages you sent him because it was very well put. Okay. Mike's got to put out his glasses here, though. This <laughs> is a good message. This is great The advice. thing is, is yeah. we're talking about primos because they're doing enough things right. We want them to do well. Yes. So I said to him, go point, because he initially said that he was frustrated that mm -hmm. we didn't say great things. So I said, go point by point what was brutal. We are both content creators, so I got to have a thick skin in what you say is brutal. And likewise, you got to have a th a, the same thick skin. Adam Knight has now cut a total of five putridly shitty YouTube promos in the last calendar year. Considering he was in a hole since December, that's almost one per month. As a heel, being promoted as a big deal, questionable at best, he has to deliver a hard-hitting, impactful promo in order to be able to draw any interest on himself or his opponent. The podcast has done more to promote him than he has done for himself. Because although we make him sound like an underqualified main eventer, the fact that he garners regularly humor humorous banter is helpful to his cause. At least he is in the conversation. What you do well, and I said it directly, is structure your business to grow. I could have said the last show in Winnipeg saw a decline in attendance, but that would not be fair, right? It's not fair to say one show declined. That's a sign the business is declining, right? Um, I, I did say you're out there selling your tickets, but your product has to come up a notch. And the reference to questionable credibility from a booking standpoint comes from a few guys who are working the shows saying it's very disorganized. Work as hard as you can, but Adam Knight is a repeat offender for doing stupid shit, including abusing paying audience members, and it's undeniable. Feel free to fire back. I love dialogue and have no problem even sharing critical commentaries on the show if it makes for better discussion. What he needs to say at this point, what he needs to face is, I'm not jobbing him out. No. I'm saying how you, and I last week said what he could do to make Adam Knight a bigger star is have Adam Knight come out and deliver promos. Not this thing where he walks into screen and thinks, Adam Knight's language in these YouTube promos is, I'm Adam Knight, I've been doing this 27 years, and I don't have to try in this YouTube promo because fans are going to want to come see me. And the fans don't want to come see him. That is, the, that is the undeniable truth. He does not draw. He has never drawn. 
So he has to realize he has to change his presentation. If Graham is going to be a good booker, he has to say, Knight, I need you to change your presentation. Here's what I need. Follow this plan. It's not easy to do. You have to be an alpha in a locker room to be able to do that. You have to be able to go to Robbie Royce and, and ATM and say, guys, you guys are leaders. You're going to give me a good performance. And this is what I need because this is the finish line. Follow the lead, please. I guarantee you that is not happening. The most important skill a booker has is leadership. Now, it doesn't matter that you can create the business end of it, that you can, that you know how to promote, that you'll go out there and say, hey, this town is underserviced. I can deliver this on this date and draw this people. I, that is great. That is where you're valuable, but get somebody who can be a leader and have the leadership to book. Don't sit there and look for validation as a booker. Lead until you're validated. Assume you will be validated. Don't need to be validated. Assume you're going to do a great job. He's not doing that. And and further to your point, Mike, we are heading into the time period where good booking is absolute, it's always paramount, but it's really, really paramount right now because we're heading into the summer lull. Slow, yeah, the slow time. You're You're now competing with the beach, with... Sean Brown's pool. Sean Brown's pool, Assiniboine Park, you know, Grand Beach, all that sort of outdoor camping, Saturday night, what any of that, you're now competing with a lot more things than you were when there was snow on the ground. Yeah. So if you don't have good booking, people are might look at the poster and say, "The trick." I've, I've seen this one before. The trick to booking, and nobody gets it. Get one guy hot, he will make the second guy hot. Then get something underneath hot. Work on one thing that will work first. And when that catches fire, it's easier peripherally to get other things to fire. WFX, we knew Billy Gunn would be fire. Now, Liam Phillips also knew Johnny Fairplay and and Jesse Goddard would be fire. I didn't necessarily believe that. He knew the brotherhood would be good. He had it structured. This is plan A, and it's going to work, and it did. This is plan B, and it's going to work. Liam had so much, he had overconfidence coming out of his ass, and it worked. He said, this will work, don't worry. He said, though he, there were, he had his swings and misses. He thought Teddy Hart would be a star. But he also knew, hey, can we get Larry Zabisco? Because he will be good. And he was. That's another one of those relationships. So in take back, go all the way back to TRCW. When Vance Nevada handed me the book, I have one trick pony that's going to work. If it doesn't work, I'm not a good booker. Shane Madison is going to turn heel. Donnie DiCaprio is going to turn heel. They're going to join the guy that is their enemy, Will Damon, and they're going to become MVP. How do I have a baby face to run with him? You got to get the heel hot. That's why Tyler James is so important to their equation. He's the easiest guy to present as your top heel. Not Adam Knight. Don't be crazy. Go with the guy who does it naturally. Tyler James, even when he's sitting there taking his shots at BG's wrestling, is being a heel, but it's he's doing it in such a clever way. Yeah. If you don't see that, you're not qualified to be a booker. So in 2001, you get the hot heels, MVP, and then you can get anybody to be the babyface. And TJ Bratt grew to the same level because it's easy for the babyface to come up because the people need the babyface. But if they don't hate anybody, you can't get the baby face over. You get one thing hot and then everything starts to warm up. And that's how Chris Paris became the secondary act 
because after the one, after you get the one thing hot, very easy to find the second. The people will tell you the second one. Now, now the answer for for Graham is right there. It's whether or not he wants to do Tyler it or not. James. Hit your wagon to your heel, and and that's not who's pushing for the book. By the no, way. no, it's not. But let me say something else. I was we might have been unfair to TJ Cannon because he didn't botch that promo. He wasn't produced. He was put in a bad situation. Adam Knight comes made him into screen foolish. and does nothing to build the babyface yeah. champion. And he's sitting there, like, not knowing how to sell it. If Adam Knight comes in and actually asserts himself as a heel in that segment, then anything TJ Cannon does will be better than what happened. Let me tell you something. If I was, if I was behind the camera filming that and I saw that promo take place, I would have said, cut. We're doing that again. It's wrong. I said, Knight, don't buck up to this guy. You are a heel. Yeah. You can walk in cocky. And be excited that you're getting a title match because you're going to win. And th- and th- things are going to change right. when you become the champion. And I say, TJ Cannon, you get up. You look at your belt. You you walk up to Knight face to face. You stare him straight in the eye. And you don't back down. Yep. And th- why and the psych- is there not somebody there doing that? And the that? psychology of it is the heel. It's, the baby face has something the heel wants. So that's what Adam Knight should be portraying. Hey, kid, you're not qualified to be the champion. And when I and now that I'm the number one contender, it's a foregone conclusion that belt is going to be mine and I'm going to beat that. I'm going to hurt you in the process of taking it from you because you can't possibly run with me and have some arrogance. And like it, it will tell its own story. But no, no production, no booking. I just told you what you need to do. Get one thing super hot. If you don't know how to do that, you that's why you need to find a booker who does. And listen, we're not just picking on primos because I've seen bad CWE promos. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked. Adam about Knight them. was on many of them. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, we so it's like it's like we're not listen, there are people there to watch the wrestling show, but to get them more engaged, to get yourself to the next level, these are the little things that you have to do. And you have people in that locker room at primos that are capable of coaching. And overseeing some of this stuff, it's right there. Why would you not take advantage of it? And yeah. that is where you're failing, and that's on the promoter. We're heavy duty on time, but I'm going to say one last thing. There are two or three really good heels in Winnipeg right now. Our darlings, and we're going to talk about them for a couple of seconds here too. WPW got Bobby Shank so hot. You and I don't get it. Nope. We don't see it and say, I get it. But the fans do. That's what matters. Yep. And they got him hot. We talked about Tyler Colton and how they have to position Tyler Colton. And suddenly, I think that's their, yep. their marquee their match. Tyler Colton's the heel. It was a quick heel turn because they had just started to heat him up as a baby face. I actually think he could have gotten a run as, as the top baby because he, for me, I relate to him better than Bobby Shink as a top baby. But as a heel, if I'm laying money... Bobby Shink shouldn't beat Tyler Colton, but if he does, it will be good. So they got it. They figure and Jody Threat, they figured out how to get her hot. It's easy for easier for them to get things hot because they've got a very hot crowd. But get one thing so undeniably hot and everything falls into place and your product gets hotter and guys want to come work for you. They're not going to show up 15 minutes before showtime because they're going to badly want to be on your show when you're hot. People are going to be asking for a lifetime appreciation awards. <laughs> there you go. Right. Um, let's tie it together. 
that's the Primo's talk. Sorry, I went very long. The on WPW that. stuff. WPW, they announced. I knew that that was going to be the announcement. Right. We talked about this last week. Well, it's so. called Rumble at the Burt. Rumble at the Burt on October the 7th. They had a pre-sale code through Ticketmaster. First time I've ever seen a pre-sale code for a local wrestling show. Through Ticketmaster. On Wednesday. And seats were in between $36 to $46 Ooh. plus agency fees. Oh. These guys have sold at... They're getting $50 a ticket. At the time we're recording this, they are over 500 seats sold for a show in four months with nothing no announced. Names. That is the local equivalent to AEW selling the tickets at Wembley that they did. Now, yeah. but hold on. Wait a second, though. When at every other time they've sold tickets, they've done it at a show during intermission where they could prompt them. It sold out. This is cold on a Thursday morning pre-sale. They've sold 500 tickets. Yeah. They are they're spacing all, they're almost it. halfway there. They want to get 1200 in there. I have no doubt these guys will do it. What a tremendous accomplishment. That is outstanding. Uh well done. So by the time this airs, who knows? You could be sold out. So if you've never been to a WPW show, when this airs on Monday, I would strongly recommend trying to get tickets there because if you don't, if you wait, they will be gone. This might be your only chance to get that highly sought-after ticket that's gone in less than 20 minutes. They also announced a fan club where you can get pre-sale codes for all of their tickets for other shows too. Yep. Jeez yeah. Weezer has joined. Yeah. I got my pre-sale it was free code. To, it was free to join? Free to join. Yeah. yeah it, you're an yeah, idiot it, if, if you, you want. Join. If you want your pre-sale codes, you got to join the WPW fan club. I've done the same thing. You get the email. They send you the code. It's easy as, easy as pie. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, well done to those guys. So, right. And in fairness, let's do the contrast now. We're not saying that WPW does everything right and Primos does everything wrong, but momentum will tell you where it's at. It's not, it's not me being a, a jerk, and I'm sorry to Graham. I'm very, very sorry to Graham he felt singled out and ripped apart. I've now told you for two weeks in a row what you could do to be more successful if you don't want to follow it. If I was Graham, another guy, Shaggy Campbell, Tommy Lee Curtis, I'd be getting him to be one of my... Yeah. But it's not going to happen because they're running head-to-head, -head and like they're both running for the, for the Brandon market. But there are good heels there. I really think, and I'm not close with the guy, but Tyler James, everything about him should resonate as a heel. And that's why you can run with that guy. He actually records. Sometimes he'll be at a show. He'll do it live. Yeah, He'll do it live. He'll yeah. do it live while the show is going on yes. on his Facebook. And he does commentary during the matches. It's, it's, it's funny. It's yes. awesome. Yeah. It's do you funny. know, that, and I bringing it back to Primos, their, their TikTok apparently does incredible, like during shows or was it? Yeah, I think it was TikTok. Anyway, there are things he's doing right. It's simple math now. Find out the thing that's the hot. TJ Cannon might be your underdog babyface, but you need a hot heel first. And if you think Adam Knight's the hot heel, six months from now, I'm going to be saying this is the greatest case of Mike Davidson told you so. Do I need to have to do I need to come back? Um, you are coming back though. There are companies that have been inquiring if you are actually serious about getting into shape. I heard you are. I heard you're getting ready. I heard you're getting into shape. Just yeah. like I'm at 6%, you're at like 99. this week. Hey, it didn't move. It didn't, it didn't move a full percent. It, it, it fell a percent. It no, it didn't fall. It just no, stayed. Just stayed at 6 Well, okay. you never know. You never know. Yeah. Never know. I, think I heard you're at 99% ready. Well, I mean. For bars, three match return. I could easily get back in the Well, you could go tomorrow. do a bar, bar gig now. I've been I heard you're going to do the time bomb show. 
Th- that's what I heard. Quiet. You're going to be gigging yourself with light We tubes. missed what we wanted to talk about in this segment. We have the ma- mailbag. We have the event center. Let's get moving. All right. Let's do it. It's time now for the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. Crave Canadian. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. All right, we're going heavy this week, boys. So one question this week in the Mary Brown's mailbag, and I've chosen the one coming in from Chance Donovan. He's amazing. He is right up there with my favorite listeners. Sent to our Gmail, uh, totalbshes at gmail.com. If you want to get one on, send it that way. Or Instagram, Wrestling, Twitter, totalbshes. Facebook, Wrestling. All right, my question today for all three of you guys, me's, d's, g's, me's. She's wheeze. Neck of Shane. She's wheeze. You got to read it right. It's G's, me's. Uh, well, he put no. G's, me's, she's, wheeze. Uh, mm. And producer Chris Pre's cheese. Uh, Pre's cheese. Sorry, sorry, there we go. Um, <laughs> it's completely hypothetical, and you have to choose one and explain why. Would okay. you rather... Oh, this is a good segment. Wow. A would you rather segment. Okay, would you rather spend five days camping alone with Adam Knight in the oh. white shell, sharing meals, sharing a tent, no. and hiking together, or <laughs> tour with Primos for five days, non-paid, responsibilities include doing all the music and lights for the show and setting up the gimmick table for James Elworth. But you're <laughs> not wrestling on the show? You're not wrestling. Thanks for your oh, time. Oh, you're working as a brone. <laughs> I could, he said, I crave delicious, so I went to Mary Brown's, and that's what we want you to do. Send us your pictures, by the way. Thanks a lot, Chance Donovan, Cheese D's. Hmm. Oddly enough, Chance Donovan has the last name of Adamite's first wrestling name, Yogi. He Donovan. also has the last name of your favorite wrestler. Who? Danhausen. I didn't know his last name. Donovan, Donovan. Danhausen. Is that his name? That's his uh, name. All right. Um, first name, sorry. Do you want me to go first? Sure, go ahead. I would choose to spend five days camping with Adam Knight. You would? Yes, I would. I don't believe it. No, it's true. Would you go swimming? I would not enjoy it. And on day one, Mike Davidson is murdered. No. Would you coach him on promos? Yes. This is why? <laughs> yes. By day five, Mike's okay. moving through his small intestine because he ate him. By So five days of poor Adam Knight hearing, <laughs> you know... If you did this, it would be better. That's why I said you're going to yeah. be killed within if, the day. Have you ever considered this? This might work for you. Um, you haven't done this well, but if you tried this, it would be like a veteran talking to a rookie for five days. And it would be... You would it, not like that. In all honesty... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> in all honesty, what I would approach Adam Knight with would be, hey, pal. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. Goddamn. Um, we're stuck out here. Let's focus on making something positive of it. Um, tell me why you have heat with me. He'd say, well, you pulled the rogue rib. I'd say, no, I didn't. You punched the wrong guy. You should have punched Danny Duggan. And then I would say... I heard you did pull that rib. I did not. I would admit it. I'm telling you right now. I would tell him that he needs to study Cowboys on TV, like Yellowstone. Like, it's pretty hard to miss a good Cowboys show. And learn how to be a believable cowboy or don't be a cowboy that he should be playing rip. Yes. Well, 
any one of the bunkhouse guys. Yeah. You could be Lloyd and still be a better cowboy. You could be Jimmy and be a better cowboy. People who know Yellowstone know. Um, I think he's trying to channel Kevin Costner in that little hush tone he does. It ain't working because it, it, it says you're not confident. I would work on building him up, motivating him, encouraging him to avoid the things he's doing wrong by also telling him, if you do, if you do this, this will work. If you try this, this will work. If you stay away from this, you will be better for it. And after five days, it would prove I'm the biggest failure in the world because he'd still be Adam Knight and he'd be the exact same guy. All right, we're going to you, geez, wheeze. I would, um, I think I would take the second option <laughs> and work for Primos for no money. Okay. <laughs> Setting up gimmicks, <laughs> hanging out with James Ellsworth. Yeah. Because I know that I could make a positive contribution to that company and I would be willing to sacrifice dollars and my time to make a positive impact there. I would coach some of these guys and bring them up to the proper level so that they're more capable in and outside of the ring. Would you teach them how to book? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you heard it here, Merrick. He's going to work for free. What would you do? Reach out to Shane Madison. Well, I, I would probably go camping with Adam Of Knight. course you would. Because I love camping. And you love Adam Knight. No. I like glamping. That's all I would do. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you camping is... I a, won't camp. Th- that's a sight in my brain. I camp. No, you'll never see You'd it. You'd see Shane Madison trying to sweep the outdoors. You'll never see it. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'd go camping with Adam Knight if we didn't have to share the tent. He did say we had to share a tent. I don't want, I don't want to share a tent with anybody when I'm camping. That's, that's me. Me time. Uh, but I would go camping with Adam Knight and I'd say, listen... I know you killed Mike Davidson on the last camping trip because he tried to book you, but look, look, we're just gonna we're just gonna camp. We're not gonna talk about wrestling. We're gonna fish. We're gonna go for a couple hikes. And that's what we're gonna do. Although uh, working for Primos might be okay. Might be okay. I don't know if I could do it for no money, but it might be okay. I would do it for the Warlord LJN that they have at Primos Collectibles. There that's you, what I would do it for. There you go. He that's will, a payoff. There you go. There's a payoff. He wants to. Shane I Madison know they have wants one to there. book for Primos. One of the guys, one of the guys that works there, he he. I was messaging him about it. I was asking him how much it is. So it uh, looks like it's in decent shape. Might have to go check out the uh, check out the store. All right, now we've gone through that. Is it time for the event center? Not quite yet. Not yet. We, okay. we missed something in the last segment. Okay, hit us. We were going to talk AEW. AEW. All right, let's CM Punk. I was right. Announced. Say it, please. I was right. Did you hear the sound of nobody saying it? I said it. The night that we did the live podcast. You said he would be back? Yes. I I said it, but you know what I said? You said he was, it no, was no. a work. It was I never, said, you said it was, yeah, he you said is going to be work. back. I have no doubt. And I was right. I even said it would happen in the spring. You're, come on, let's hear it. <laughs> I, I think we're in the summer. We might have to play it back. Yeah. We might have to bonus that episode as a bonus podcast because I said, and watch what happens when he comes back. They're going to say it was all a work and they all work together to turn or there was all a, a shoot and they all had to work together for the greater good of the business. And that's the narrative right now. Did you see what the response was to the announcement? It was very abrupt when Tony Khan announced it on dynamite this past Wednesday and the crowd, there were some older guys yeah. who were more kind of from that CM Punk generation, yeah. very excited and standing up and cheering, and there were a lot of the elite elitists yeah. who were not happy. So it was a polarizing response, 50-50 at best, which worked well for John Cena, which worked well for a lot of these guys, because what do they say? 
if you get a reaction one way or another, it's a positive. Punk's so, a great heel too. So if they're going to turn him heel, I mean, there's not nothing wrong with it. Will that. be very interesting to see how that plays out. Will be very interesting to see if the tickets for AEW Collision uh, start selling because I don't know if you guys have looked at the Ticketmaster maps. Dismal. Regina's only just hit 1,300. Yeah, it's Dismal. really Saskatoon, 2,500. 1,302. Why? For Regina. Why? Well, we're going to go check it out. Oh, yeah. yes. yes I, forgot I wouldn't that. mind checking it out. But yeah, it was, uh, and you know, Ace Steel also being back. Yeah. Well, that which is tells a surprise. you this was a work. Not according no. to certain fathers that we are friends of ours that run into at the Caddy Shed here in Winnipeg. Of course, because do you think the kid, do you think Kenny Omega tells his dad, hey, dad, we're working the people? <laughs> I don't think it's, a, I, I think they're they're doing what you said. I think it, was a, it wasn't a work, and they're turning it into one. I said and, it was a work, and they're going to. Yeah, I think uh, it's the opposite of what you're saying. I don't no, know. sorry. I said it was a work, and the, it's all planned for Punk to come back. It's not now a work. Now they're saying they're it was it. a shoot. That's what Dave Meltzer said that they were going to do. I know, if but he this, comes back, though, some people might say you're hedging your bets with that. No. No, I'm right because I said he would be back. <laughs> no, I right. said he would never be fired. He never got fired. That's true. I said that. Well, yeah, he never was fired. No, no. you're right. This That's whole true. time. But suspension, who knows? I'm sure he was getting paid still. I don't know. Mm, I don't but know. it'll yeah. be very interesting because, you know, an ace steel like, gave a guy concussion and bit a guy like how that guy comes back. And because again, it's all a word. I know, but we're talking about people they last all... week upset at us mentioning, you know, uh, Tessa Blanchard or whoever, yeah. and now this guy who bit somebody, yeah. assaulted yeah. somebody. Yeah. Oh, now he's back, but that's okay. How yeah. was the weekend of pay-per-view wrestling for you? You got to see Double WWE or nothing. And Double or Nothing for you. I will tell you this. Double or Nothing, the crowd was way down. We had tickets for it last year, which we actually paid for these tickets. They were, I think, $200 each for these tickets. We had to eat them because we didn't end up going to Las, Las Vegas. So... Apparently they had, you know, 7,500 people at the T-Mobile arena, but I watched that entire show and it was very uninspired. The only three matches I enjoyed, the best match on the show, and don't laugh when I say this, is the Jade Cargill match, (laughs) which apparently Brian Alvarez said the same thing. Uh, The second best match I thought was the MJF title match where, yes, Mike, like you said, Totally destroyed the other three guys. So where does he go from here? Who I knows? Was right. And then the third best match was the Battle Royal, the Blackjack Battle Royal that Orange Cassidy won. All the other matches, because the crowds were quiet, uninspired, the guys were just like going through the motions and they didn't, I, I didn't feel like I was getting the energy that the crowd is not into this, so they were into their performance. Now, you watch NXT Battleground, which was head-to-head on the WWE Network. NXT was in uh, Lowell, Massachusetts. An awesome show. Uh, Carmelo Hayes is the NXT champion against Braun Breaker. They had... Breeze, Il- Breeze. Yes. Ilya Dragunov against Dijak. If you haven't seen that, I'd go out of your way to see that. That match, that show was so much better. And the guys in WWE are just... They're just better trained professionals. So yeah. I would say WWE wins... The weekend battle. And how was the night before? Uh, the Saudi Arabia show. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it. I, I have been enjoying the WWE. Their, their, their market for WWE right now is hot. Like yeah. they're drawing good business. Winnipeg's got over 7,400 tickets, I think. 
It's um, it's an interesting time. What I will say about AEW and how badly they are booked, they that angle did nothing for Jungle Boy, uh, Darby, and for Sammy. Sammy. Yep. All three guys, they threw it against the wall with no vision for what they wanted to do. They, they couldn't build any one of the four or any one of the three, and they, it does nothing for MJF's title run that he had a throwaway match at their major summer it, pay-per-view. It didn't help that they had those three guys that you just mentioned kind of going back and forth between... Jockeying with each other. Yeah, and not only that, but like it was hard to understand if Sammy Guevara was a heel at some point. Well, because he comes out, he says he's announcing him and his wife are having a baby. Yeah, yeah. Like, like... And the crowd was still booing him. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Uh, it's, this is reminiscent of 1990. Is it 91 when Ultimate Warriors the champion at SummerSlam or 90? 90, where he faced Rick yeah. Rude in the cage. You go to the second, yeah. like you go to the major pay per view of the summer and you don't give him the feature match. His title reign was dead after. And here's the thing are you excited at all to see MJF against either Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, no, or no, Darby one on one? Neither no, am I. No. So now that's a problem. Do they go to Adam Cole? Do they go to another flat match with with yeah. Chris Jericho? Yes. Flat. Adam so, Cole has been kind of flat. For me how in do you get to a hot match for MJF when all your baby faces are bleh? Yeah, that's the, exactly it. Like you have no one. Hot. I just said about Primos, get something really hot. Everything falls underneath. That's what happened with WWE. They got Cody and and the and Roman really hot, and it's and then everything underneath Look got at hot. The residuals, underneath. right? Yeah. Imperium, yeah. Riddle, all these guys getting yeah. the rub off of those. Exactly. Guys. So then you could once one thing is really hot, everything follows, and that's what Tony Khan doesn't understand. So hey, don't take it personally, Graham. I say the same thing about Tony Khan. Yeah, and like Adam Cole, he's like magic in the ring, obviously. But I just am so underwhelmed when I see him on TV because he's five foot six and he's got no muscle tone. He's like a yeah, hundred and seventy. He's amazing in the ring. Don't get me wrong, but like he should be looking at MGF and following that route because MGF was not in. Um, he was in okay shape for a while. He wasn't in great shape. Look at him now. He's in amazing shape. He's very clearly on a dieting plan. He's very clearly getting trained. He looks like a million bucks. Does right he now. want to go to WWE? Absolutely, he does. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he does. I think he wants to go for a big. He'll go for I a big know. payday. He'll get a big payday from Tony. He'll get more money from Tony Khan than he'll get from WWE. Then that's where he'll stay. He he will one hundred percent go where the money is. I believe. All yeah, right. I think that too. So did we uh, cover everything? We got it. All right, let's do it. This is your B She's Wrestling Event Center. Canadian Wrestling's Elite is on tour this week, June seventh to the tenth, with. Former WWE superstar, the masterpiece, Chris Masters. Check them out on Instagram at cwe.canada. Winnipeg Pro Wrestling has nothing coming up in the month of June. They are back in July for their sold-out Blue Crushed show. But they have another event on October the 7th, the Rumble at the Burt. Check out at WPG Pro on Instagram for information on how you can get your tickets. Primo's Wrestling will be in Brandon, Manitoba this Friday night, June the 9th. Check them out on Instagram at Primo's Wrestling WPG. And that is your Bees She's Event Center. Well, what was Mike Davidson wrong about this week? Nothing. I, I couldn't think of anything other than the CM Punk thing. What about you, G-Suisse? Huh, huh. What? 
I don't. Uh, he, he, he's wrong about something. I did several sleep times. With Sonny when I had the chance, I was wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he screwed up there. Absolutely. So, if you know where Mike Davidson's been wrong this week or last week or any week, send it to us. Good luck. Uh, Totalbeesies at gmail.com. I want to know where Mike Davidson's wrong. I even know if, what someone will say, even if it's about local stuff, even if it's you know from the past. Tell us times that Mike Davidson. There is wrong. a guy that will say when I allowed to have a special guest star every week named the Mecca Shane Madison, I might have been wrong there. Oh. (laughs) I know something you were wrong about. What? How having Glenn go as a close the show. He's doing it again one more week. Here we go. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the rumper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Eric's can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Eric, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover, and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way,
Christ, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?